This podcast contains advice that should never be followed, spoilers you'll wish you hadn't heard, and language you wouldn't teach to children. When you've been cooped up indoors and quarantine bites, it's time for Agony Art Lockdown Lights. Welcome to Agony Art Lockdown Lights, the bite-sized version of our Agony Art podcast in which we try to solve your problems, not by using our own brain power, <laughs> no sir, but instead by telling you how those problems were solved in the great art of our age. And when we inevitably fail to solve those problems, at least you're left with a fun reading, listening and watching list to enjoy in your spare time. My name's Aaron, and I'm an author, and I occasionally read books. And I've got Carl, our fantastic film forager, and Liam, our meandering music maestro, here with me in our virtual studio to record Lockdown Lights, episode seven? Yeah. <laughs> Say hello, lads. Hello. Buenos dias. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's still exploring the hellos. Yeah. I panic and then um, decide on something. I was going to go Guten Tag, but I'll say that for next week. Spoiler. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how's it going? It's going pretty well. Um, so, before we started recording, Aaron, you were telling us a little bit about some very interesting emails you have, and I think I think the listeners need to hear about this. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um so I receive a lot of weird emails and I don't know why because as you'll see from the content it's questionable stuff <laughs> and I don't know what I signed up to to receive these I've got an idea but <laughs> I'm going to um give you some examples so <clears throat> let me just open them All right here's a good one the subject line is I'm so attractive. I'm so eager to kiss and lick you. <laughs> it's from Brandy. Well, the the email address says Brandy, right? But listen to the content. Hey there, my name is Allison, and I am 25 years. Probably the greatest wish is to try out threesome with the girlfriend and you. We still have a number of tempting nude pics together. Anyway, we require you to fulfill this event. <laughs> you're obligated. Look at us here. If you're attracted with our bodies, get in touch with me so we will talk about our rendezvous. I'm looking up for your reply. So how did you politely decline? <laughs> She's still looking up for my reply. <laughs> <laughs> so I get a lot of these and I don't know what I signed up to to get them. Yeah, such a lot of them say like. So one, this one's from Jacob, and it starts. Hello, my amazing dick. (laughs) (laughs) He does know you. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that's all I was talking about. Basically, it's just uh, a bit disturbing, really, because they know exactly what I want to (laughs) hear. I'll just you maybe just have a quick look at my my um, spam, and I've got one. um, Says greetings. He's really friendly. I had to share bad news with you. Approximately a few months ago, I've gained access to your devices, which you use for internet oh, browsing. Yeah. After that, I started tracking your internet activity. Bloody, bloody, blah. Uh, uh, while gathering information on you, I've discovered that you are a big fan of adult websites. You really love visiting porn websites and watching exciting <laughs> videos while enduring an enormous amount of pleasure. <laughs> Enormous. Enormous. <laughs> well, I have managed to record a number of your dirty scenes and montage of few videos. He said, let's settle it this way. Transfer me $1,650 in Bitcoin. And once this is received, I'll delete all the dirty stuff right away. 
This is a fair deal when the price is quite low. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm going to send him some money because it does seem fair. It's a fair deal, isn't it? Yeah, so that's that. Listeners, if you have any weird spam you want to send us or you have a problem with spam, write in. So before we begin, we've got to make it clear that we're not really here to solve your life's hardest problems. All of our submissions are certified 100% trivial or fictional pickles, and our advice should probably never be followed. We're really only here to have fun, so if you're having a really hard time, I'd recommend hitting up our website for guidance on who to turn to. That's agonyartpodcast.com. So, with that out of the way, let's get on with it. Here's our first problem today. My husband and I are having trouble deciding whether or not we want children. We love kids, we could afford it, and we've got a lot of love to give. Without trying to sound arrogant, I think we'd manage to do an adequate job of parenting. We're just not sure if we want to say goodbye to our free, fun-loving lifestyle yet. What can you tell us to help us make the decision? Well, Carl, you're probably the most qualified to answer this one, aren't you? Because you're the only one of us three who has a child that you know of. Hmm. Parenting adequately is like the it's the peak of what you aim for, I think. <laughs> so they're two really. red stars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so it's, it's a good question. Um, it obviously does completely change your lifestyle. Like we were pretty free and easy before, and now we're chained down, <laughs> completely stressed out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> permanently. You can't really go to Las Vegas for four days. You can't. Um, Unfortunately. So I suppose, uh, you know, just from my own perspective, you have to weigh up the pros and cons and you don't know that until you have one, which is tough, obviously. Yeah, it's, uh, I think the biggest problem is that you can't send it back. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, it's not something you can just try out. We can borrow my baby if you want. Borrow my baby. <laughs> <laughs> borrow my baby.com. <laughs> All right, let's think of a name for this person. Um, who is a terrible parent or a great parent or someone who wants to become a parent in media? What was that film we did where the parents took a child each? Oh, Parent Trap. What's their names? Yeah, <laughs> Lindsay, Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> well, she was the kid, but let's use Lindsay for this one, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I should quickly... I was when I was editing the other episodes. I thought actually we should explain this every once in a while because new listeners won't know what we're doing. Hmm. To anonymise our writers, we make up names for them based on things we've seen, read, heard, just to keep our writers anonymous so that they don't get found out. So who's got some help for Lindsay? All right, I'll begin. I think the best sales pitch for having kids is when you see like a really well-behaved, fun-loving and like adorable kid of someone else's, something, you know, like a kid you would really be proud of, like Carl's kid. So I thought I'd give you some examples of literary children who've made their famous parents proud. Francis Scott Fitzgerald, who was F. Scott Fitzgerald's daughter, was a journalist a prominent member of the Democratic Party, and she was inducted into the Alabama Women's Hall of Fame. So that's something to be proud of, isn't it? And I like F. Scott Fitzgerald's writing. He wrote... Um, the Great Gatsby. 
<laughs> Great guess. Flappers <laughs> and philosophers. What's that, what's that book? What's that book that you wrote? <laughs> <laughs> uh, some examples from the Hugo family. Victor Hugo's dad was a general in the Napoleonic Wars. And Victor Hugo himself gave his parents a lot to be proud of. He wrote a lot of stuff, including Les Mis and The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And he campaigned against the death penalty and he campaigned to end misery and positive <laughs> misery and poverty. <laughs> misery and, and positivity. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and to abolish slavery. He said, only one slave on earth is enough to dishonour the freedom of all men. So the abolition of slavery is, at this hour, the supreme goal of the thinkers. So, you know, those are people who gave their parents a lot to be proud of. But I've also got, just to weigh it out, like to balance it out, I've got some cautionary tales. Parents who either (laughs) regretted their decision or kids who regretted being born. So some cautionary tales. And now I've read this. And that before this episode, I should have probably looked for a solid source on it. <laughs> Maybe I'll look one up and put it in the show notes. But I've read that Ernest Hemings- Hemingway's mum used to force him to dress in girls' clothes when he was a kid and pretend that he was a twin to his older sister. And it really built up a lot of resentment towards her. He was like, as an adult, Ernest Hemingway was desperate to portray like a really macho image and... This is apparently a response to how he was always dressed in girls' clothes and she made him grow his hair long and stuff as a kid. And Major General Charles Lanham, a friend of Ernest Hemingway, said that he was the only man he ever knew who really hated his mother. And that's not obviously Ernest Hemingway's fault. He was the kid in that situation. But I think the lesson there is probably if you're going to have a kid just to fuck them up with your own neuroses and issues, then... Maybe it's not a good idea. Maybe you should think about the reasons that you are having them. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Um, (laughs) But just to give you a book to read to help you make the decision, there's Apple Tree Writers on Their Parents by Lisa Funderburg, I think. That's a great name. And that's (laughs) it's uh, essays by loads of writers all about their relationships with their parents. Um, some of them touching and sweet and, you know, lovely, and some of them really angry or regretful. So, you know, maybe that will give you a nice broad spectrum of feelings <laughs> <What's that>? and <laughs> not help Just you make a decision at all. Decision, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So I think I've got quite a, a similar take on it to, to you, Aaron. There's a, there's quite an overwhelming amount of music inspired by parenthood or, or written for artists' children. Um, We've done it I in mean, Liam. Can you think of any? Yeah, go on. Well, we spoke about yeah. cleaning out my closet and all that, didn't we? A long time ago. Yeah, I said that was more about his mum, wasn't it? Than... Uh, Luther oh, Luther Vandross starts with my father. Mm. Oh, yeah, what a tune. That's an absolute tune. So these are about parents rather than children, <laughs> though, aren't they? Oh, okay. Father and son. Yeah. We spoke about that on a previous Stevens, episode. Yeah, we? we did, didn't we? Yeah. So the first one that popped into my head was Stevie Wonder's 1976 single, Isn't She Lovely? which was written for his daughter, Aisha Morris. Liam, you're forcing Stevie Wonder into the uh, friend of the show section, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. No forcing necessary. Liam's, <laughs> Liam's weekly Stevie Wonder section. I mean, just just while we're on the subject, um, did you know that 
Stevie Wonder is quite a prolific harmonica player. If you, no. there are a lot of eighties songs, or probably not just eighties, but songs around the period he was active in the music industry, um, where there's a harmonica solo, and it's Stevie Wonder, and wow. some of the artists mm. are just like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to be Stevie Wonder. Like, there's that Eurythmics one. Um, there must be an angel. Do you know? That is yeah, an yeah, absolute yeah. tune as well. Yeah, and you remember the harmonica solo near the end? Really? That's Stevie, Stevie Wonder. Wonder. So they didn't know it was that Stevie Wonder. They recorded it and then they're like, oh, by the way, that was Stevie Wonder. <laughs> well, I'm sure this they is the most. <laughs> <laughs> Annie Lennox was like, who's that guy? <laughs> um, that is the most interesting fact you have told us on this podcast, Liam. You've excelled yourself today. My work here is done. I think you've hit your peak. <laughs> it's all downhill from here. <laughs> anyway, back to songs about children. Others include, there's a, a certain couple who are quite famous called uh, Beyonce and Jay-Z. I don't know if you heard of them. No. No? No. Uh, I mean, there's a few years back now, so maybe not. They they each recorded a song for their daughter, Blue Ivy Carter. Um, Beyonce's song was called Blue. That you can tell Liam looked that up, aren't you? Blue Ivy Carter. <laughs> <laughs> According to Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> one of the uh, downsides to living under a rock is I had no idea that was her name. Um, but yeah, no, her song Blue was on her fifth album, uh, which was self-titled. I don't, A lot of artists, sorry, I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent again. A lot of artists have self-titled albums that aren't their first album, and it always confuses me a bit. Yeah, it used to be the convention, didn't it? That it would be your first album or it would be nothing. But mm. now, people just do it whenever the fuck they want. Do you think Maybe they... we'll make this the self-titled, self-titled episode. Agony do art, you... agony art. <laughs> <laughs> do, do you think that's a sales thing, though? Because imagine if there's just a CD on the shelf. Wait, sorry, we're going back a few years. Uh, what do they do these days? They just have... There are no shelves. <laughs> there are no shelves. <laughs> a CD on the Spotify shelf. <laughs> if you just have the album cover, it's just black with Beyonce in pink, and people see that and they think, yeah, I want to buy that, it's Beyonce. But wouldn't it sell just as well if you're looking at a CD or a picture on Spotify? I think we've hit the nail on the head here, which is people don't look at album covers anymore, do they? <laughs> no. Even if it's just a picture of Beyonce, surely they'd go, that's Beyonce, I want to listen to that. And also, <laughs> you've, you've fucked it, Liam. Yeah. You told us a really interesting <laughs> fact, one minute, and then you come out with your crackpot theories the next. <laughs> me, Liam used to visit me when I had a Saturday job, every Saturday, or kind of every Saturday. And, uh, we and now you to... don't even want him to because he's fucked it. <laughs> now, he's fucked it. now he's just a useless piece of shit. <laughs> and then our, yeah. our uh, routine was go and have a kebab and then go over to Woolworths <laughs> to look at the CDs. And I never bought oh, a CD. Okay. But Liam would always browse. And then I think I bought a CD pretty much every week. You did, yeah. And I always wondered what made you choose them. You just looked at them and thought, oh, I fancy that. I'll have a go. Didn't you? But I said, did you buy it? Was that based on the cover or the band? Uh, usually on the that? artist. Right. I, I, bought, I bought some of the worst CDs I've ever bought in that Wolves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting. And when you stopped going there, that was why Woolworths went out of business, wasn't it? <laughs> it probably was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was keep, single-handedly keeping their CD sales up. <laughs> Jay-Z also released a single about Blue as well, and that was called Glory. That was released two days after she was born in 2012. Can I just ask, how do you know it's about their daughter and not the band Blue? 
Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a line in it that says, you're my daughter. <laughs> yeah, but there's also a line that says, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, DJ Khaled, 2017 album Grateful, contained a, ta- a track called I Love You So Much, written for his son, Assad. And that was just a handful, but there's many, many more. So you did say that wrong, though, Liam. He's DJ Khaled. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and when when the baby came out, he went, a novel one. <laughs> <laughs> well, best fact and best joke ever, all in one episode. Good job, Liam. We've got to stop making the podcast now. <laughs> um, so did you have a point? Do you want to wrap up? I had. Uh, <laughs> Especially since we've just reached our sixteen-minute limit. I had. I had a balance as well. I had another song, but we can skip it if you want. No, go on. I couldn't find many songs that argued against having children, but I thought there was one notable mention which kind of popped into my head, um, which is the beautiful Salves ni- 1996 single, Don't Marry Her. You know this one? Yeah, I love you. Don't Salves. marry her, fuck mm-hmm. her, me. Oh. So, here we <laughs> go. <laughs> so, yeah, so in this song, the singer, Jackie Abbott, paints a picture of a restrictive family life in order to prevent the man she loves from getting married to another woman. And most notably relevant here is the chorus, uh, which you expertly sang just then. But it also goes, when the Sunday sun shines down on San Francisco Bay and you realise you can't make it anyway, you have to wash the car, take the kiddies to the park. And taking the kiddies to the park here is not a good thing. Basically, she's saying they're preventing you from doing what you really want to do. But the the, the two of you just epitomised what I want to talk about here, which is the original lyrics. Because when I, when I looked into this song... I'd never heard the original lyrics, and when I did hear them, I felt like I'd been living a lie. So there's a there's a radio friendly version which me and Carl both know, obviously, which goes "Don't marry her, have me." The album lyrics, as Aaron rightly pointed out, are "Don't marry her, fuck me." No way. Yeah. Are you so this is. Um, do you know we had that discussion off of the podcast a couple of weeks ago about listening to albums or. Listening to, you know, Carl's not an album listener, basically, and we are. Yeah. I listen to loads of beautiful South albums, and you would have known this years ago, Liam. <laughs> if you had. See, see, I've, n- I've never you, listened to. Words, a... You had bought some beautiful <laughs> South albums. Uh, I've never listened to any beautiful South albums, so maybe that's something I need to rectify. <laughs> yeah, that's, definitely. They're great. Change, they're, I love it just beautiful changes stuff. their whole kind of persona. Like, they seem really wholesome, but they're yeah. not. They're... Well, funnily enough, it's funny that you should say they're wholesome because mm. they are from Hull. <laughs> 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 well, some of them are. <laughs> yeah, one of my um, uni friends, who was from Hull, used to hate them. He said, um, oh, they give Hull a bad name. So what? he obviously didn't think they were wholesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never saying wholesome again. I'm saying wholesome from <laughs> and there's a There's a similar part in the second verse where instead of the whimsical and what I previously thought was quite a witty line, she'll grab your Sandra Bullocks. Uh, the original original line is she'll grab your sweaty bollocks. Yeah. Wow. And I was I was so shocked when I heard that. Um, it makes a bit more sense though, doesn't it? I suppose. I I was going to go off on another tangent about radio edits, but maybe we can do that another time. <laughs> How long do you think we have? Liam's <laughs> got three hours worth of content planned. <laughs> so, in um, summary, the music industry tells you that. Having a child is a wonderful thing. It's probably going to be one of the best things you ever do. But if you listen to The Beautiful Self... It's also a lot of work. Uh, Carl, can you help 
Because I don't think me and Liam have been a help at all. I can help, definitely. And what's going to help you a lot is Baby's Day Out 1994, directed by Patrick Reed Johnson, which I think Liam is a fan of. What a film. Yeah, I thought so. We're going back to the TikTok to get the boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> Good quote, nice. So, um, Bennington Austin Copwell IV, otherwise known as Bink, is a baby. He's born, it's a newborn baby to a, uh, well, not quite newborn, but he's born to a wealthy, famous family, and they're about to unveil him with photographers and all that. And three criminals called Eddie, Norby, and Vico decide that, you know, they're going to kidnap the baby and charge a $5 million ransom. Fat Tony, Uh, isn't it? And um, Cypher from The Matrix. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Is that their character? It's an an all-star cast, this film. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Liam knows it way too well. For someone that doesn't watch films, he knows his. I've watched this one. <laughs> What's it called? I've never even heard of it. I don't. Baby's think. Day Out. It's one of nineteen ninety four. So it's one of it's like the Home Alone era kind of slapstick. We've, uh, we've got it in a box set with Dunstan checks in. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that because that's gonna be a collector's item one day for like nineties. <laughs> so um, they they kidnap the baby. Starts going wrong quite quickly. The baby's. Um, a bit of trouble. He's very independent. And um, they decide to try and get him to fall asleep. They're going to read his favourite book called Baby's Day Out. But Norby falls asleep instead and the baby escapes through a window. And the criminals pursue Bink through the city. Um, and basically, uh, Bink crawls into numerous dangerous situations, into traffic, into a gorilla enclosure. Um, and obviously the criminals go after him and end up getting run over and attacked by a gorilla and whatnot. And um, Bink's parents hear of multiple sightings of him all over the city and realise he's following the Baby's Day Out book. He's doing all the things uh-huh. in the book. If you weren't, if you were thinking this is far-fetched, this is where it goes a little bit far-fetched. Bink leads the <laughs> FBI to the criminal's apartment, um, who find a book there to prove that they kidnapped him and then they arrest the criminals. <laughs> and so Bink saves the day. It, the film ends happily with Bink being returned to his parents and him falling asleep reading another book, Baby's Trip to China. Yeah, which they never oh, made. I oh, know, yeah, you figure all. Biggest crime in Hollywood history. <laughs> Is it like um, Dread, where they just didn't get the audience figures to fund the sequel, but there's like a cult following who have campaigned for it ever since? Well, funny you should say that, because it has a huge cult following in Southeast Asia. <laughs> Um, Roger Ebert, have you heard of him? He's a very famous uh, film reviewer or film critic. Definitely. Um, He went to Calcutta and he said, I asked if Star Wars had been their most successful American film. No, I was told. It was Baby's Day Out. (laughs) And they remade it in 1999 under the title James Bond. (laughs) What? (laughs) Just, uh, so yeah, a little bit of a tangent, but... um, so, what is the point? Are you asking? Do you cry? Was a, um, I was just going to say, there's, there was a there was a cancelled Super Nintendo video game of it as well. Can you imagine? That would have been brilliant. <laughs> have you just googled this and found that out, or yes, <laughs> are you literally that obsessed with the film that you knew that already? <laughs> no, I did Google it. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Yeah. So the point of the whole um, Baby's Day Out and how it could influence your decision is that babies are independent. You know, Bink travelled New York on his own and um, solved the crime and ended up <laughs> coming home. So you can still live your life. <laughs> yeah, if you have the baby and then you think, 
oh, I can't be asked to look after this. It will look after itself, so you don't have to worry. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just set the ground rules. Like, listen, we <laughs> like our life. You do what you want. We'll meet back for tea. <laughs> I'm really worried about Carl's child now. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe um, you're basically making the same point as me and Liam, which is that, you know, they can really make you proud. That baby really made its parents proud when it foiled three criminals and had, a, had an adventure. So I think we've we've uh, given a broad spectrum of answers there. I don't think we've got an answer really either, have we? It's, you've got to make the decision yourself. No one can tell you what to do. Definitely what you shouldn't do is be unsure and just say, fuck it, let's do it anyway. I yeah. Think. But at the same time, people say you're never really sure. No. You just have to do it and then you find out. But as I say, you can't send it back at that point, can you? A ranger came arranging to Old Town one fine day. The townsfolk came to meet him. They heard what he had to say. He said, I hear this town's got problems, some outlaws on the run. And I've come to solve these problems with my problem gun. Word soon got to these outlaws about a ranger new in town. And they soon came out of hiding to put this ranger down. They laughed when they first saw him beneath the high noon sun. But he soon stopped them from laughing with his problem gun. Problem gun. Problem gun. Yeah, the ranger solved their problems with his problem gun. Well, we didn't really help Lindsay, but we can... Uh... Move on to problem two and see if we can help someone else. I've been going to the gym on and off for years, and I'm taking my first real stab at becoming a regular. I really want to use free weights, but the area is always full of guys wearing Gold's Gym vests, other brands are available, with their pecs spilling out the sides, which puts me off. Can you give me any suggestions which will help me stride boldly into the free weights area? Are you two gymmers? We never really talk about the gym, do we? We're not lad, 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 lads. No. <laughs> thing is, my pecs spill out of my gold's vest um, too much, so I don't really like going to the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wannabe gymmer. Like, I do... The thing I don't... I, I lack effort. I'm more of a home gymmer. I uh, I really... I, I, don't, I don't get on with these extortionate gym membership fees. So what I have been enjoying lately, the uh, Nintendo Switch's Ring Fit Adventure. I don't know if it's actually <laughs> helping me get fit, but it's good fun. How many calories do you burn strumming a guitar, Liam? <laughs> Rigorously. Probably not that many. <laughs> I don't know. I've never <laughs> measured it. <laughs> uh, well, before we begin, let's um, think of a anonymizing name for the person who, who's a huge gym goer. Let's pick them up. Arnie. Oh. Mr. Universe many times over. Yeah. Is that a real thing? It's strange how all of the Mr. Universe so. winners come from Earth, isn't it? <laughs> the other planets we need to step up their game. for years, haven't we? <laughs> Liam, since you bring up your ring in front of all of us... <laughs> Not for the first I time. Don't you, I hope you keep it clean after a workout. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you... Show us your art as well. well I wasn't going to go first because I didn't want to tread on any toes, but since since you've asked me so so politely, I'll. Uh, <laughs> I think it's quite clear what's needed here. Um, 
you know, to, to reach your desired levels of physical fitness, to become the greatest version of yourself that you can, you need a training montage. I didn't know it had lyrics. And the Agony Art rendition of Gonna Fly Now is available on the Agony Art CD in Good Woolworths. Is um, that the song you were going to say, Liam, or it's, have it's, you got a whole list of training montage songs? I've, I've, I mean, let's, let's not let's not second guess too much here. <laughs> no, I've got I've got a few. So I wanted to ask you, Carl. We established a few weeks back that you have a personal top ten for films. Does that include yeah. a a favourite training montage sequence anywhere? Um, does it have to be a training montage? Um, not necessarily. So. Any any cheesy montage with music would be fine. Well, my two favourite montages are if we're going to talk uh, training, it's got to be Rocky Four, where he's in the um, in like Siberia training, um, and is there's there's a juxtaposition of him training in the woods, like cutting trees down, then Ivan Drago in the gym taking steroids, like mechanically training, like robot versus man. Mm. He gr- even grows a beard. It's amazing. The best is known. But one of my favourite montages is um, uh, Push It to the Limit in Scarface, where he's like making loads of money for being a like drug dealer, basically. Mm. Um, yeah, I remember that. I love that film. So good. But I think the best one, I might be trying your toes here, Liam, is um, South Park's uh, sports training montage. Yes. Uh, I was, I was going to mention that, because that, that whole episode... I, 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 the first time I heard that was in... Because they reused it in Team America, didn't they? Oh, did they? That was the first time I heard it, but then I... Got South Park seasons six to ten on DVD, and I saw the um, the Aspen episode, which is where that that one comes in, and and it's just a, a really funny episode in general. Um, they all go to a ski resort, and That's it, yeah. <laughs> and Stan is forced is like properly forced into this generic eighties sports movie plotline, with like this this older teenage kid comes along on skis, and he's like. Stan Marsh? More like Stan Darsh. <laughs> and he's just calling him Stan Darsh for the whole thing. That's a great it's a great idea to watch montages. Yeah. Um to be honest, I, I, think, I think we've I think we've pretty much covered uh, everything I wanted to talk about. I think I don't know if it was the first one, but definitely one of the most iconic is the original Rocky with Gonna Fly Now, which is what we started singing oh, originally. The very first underdog story, yeah. Mm. Uh, <laughs> um and then kind of the rest of the films i don't know if these tracks were used in the training montage sequences but they're kind of the the main tracks in the films like eye of the tiger obviously in rocky free um and survivor did burning heart for rocky four as well didn't they yeah which is a bit of a great tune. song another idea from music liam a lot of rappers have hype men don't they you could take a hype man into <laughs> the, the gym, gym. with you <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just to cheer you on. I've kind of got the same vein as you, Liam. I'm, um, I've listed a few motivational movie quotes to kind of inspire you and make you feel good about yourself and also make you think the other people, are, you know, they're just dicks. Right? So <laughs> we'll have a little pop quiz and see if you can guess the film, which you're unlikely to, I think. But um, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, first one, do or do not, there is no try. Correct, kid. Uh Nope. <laughs> Jedi Karate Kid. Basically, yeah. Yeah, it's Yoda, isn't it? Yeah, Empire Strikes Back, Yoda. All that is gold does not glitter. Not all those who wander are lost. Lord of the Rings, isn't it? 
That is very good, Liam. Well I was going to say, I it's, do recognise it, but... I, I don't think it's in the film. It's from the book, I think. Um, what we do in life echoes in eternity. Correct, kid. It's <laughs> <laughs> Gladiator. Oh, what a film. I watched that a few weeks ago. It's a great film, isn't so it? So good. They're making a sequel, you know. What could the sequel be about? We'll take this offline, but I'd encourage people to look it up, but it's really weird. <laughs> like, really weird. Why ruin things? I oh, know. Is it Gladiators? Rid- Ridley-, Ridley Scott is directing it, though, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Scott. Glad- yeah, Jet Wolfman. and Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you get this one? After a while, you learn to ignore the names people call you and just trust who you are. Um, three men and a little lady. Shrek. <laughs> <laughs> and last one. Off Liam's theme. It ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. Karate Kid. About a boy. About a boy. That's from Rocky Balboa, Rocky Six. So you're recommending all of those films? Yeah, watch Shrek. Just watch them all one by one and then go to the gym. <laughs> well, do you know, yeah, well, even Shrek is a good one. You know, he's He kicks ass, doesn't he? He's the man. Yeah. Or the yoga. That's true. And he has the wrestling montage, doesn't he? He does. Where he beats, <laughs> beats everyone up. Yeah, so you're both going for the angle of um, motivate yourself before you go. I think I'm going to basically go for the same thing, but mine isn't like a training montage or even someone who's especially good at the gym. But before I start, what we we worry about these people in the freeweights area in their vests um, with their pecs. <laughs> because we think they're judging us, don't we? We think that they think that they're better than us, and we don't want to feel judged while we're at the gym. But I want to give you a quote. Olin Miller said, you probably wouldn't worry about what people think of you if you could know how seldom they do. Oh. So we all worry about what people think of us, like these people in the gym, but they're probably not even thinking about us. I have this issue like with my hair, like because I've, you can't obviously we're on the radio if you like, but I've got hair at the front, but like none of them. We're on the wireless. We're on the wireless. And so I'm like, oh, you know, am I by keeping it all? Should I just shave it all off or whatever? Like, but then the people people can be looking at me. Go, there goes a bald guy. But then will people do that? Probably, I don't do that. When I see someone, I'm like, oh, bald man. Like, <laughs> oh my god, it's a bald man. <laughs> so it's definitely all me and probably not anyone else. You know. So yeah. I agree with that quote. It's hard to apply in your real life, though, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's a good quote because I do think it's true. I rarely judge other people in the street. I just, you know, people pass me by and I don't even think about them. But in your head, you're thinking, oh, my God, everyone is looking at me <laughs> and worrying about me because the world revolves around me. Says the guy that went out in a mohawk for a few weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But that quote is often misattributed to the novelist David Foster Wallace. So that's why it's uh, relevant, because he para- he paraphrased it in infinite jest. But it looks like the quote was originally Olin Miller. But anyway, that is not even the point I was going to make. If you need an example of someone with total confidence for you to strut into that free weights area, then one of literature's most in-your-face characters can provide one. And I'm talking about someone who always stars in remakes of baby-related films. Baby's Day Out? James Bond. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, Take Casino Royale by Ian Fleming as your example. So James Bond, if you haven't seen Casino Royale the film or read the book, 
Here's the synopsis for you. James Bond is tasked with beating Le Chiffre at Baccarat to bankrupt him and get him in trouble with his paymaster's smirsh. Um, in the film, it's poker, isn't it? It's Texas yeah. Hold'em. But in the original, in the book, it was Baccarat. What is Baccarat? Is that, is that its own game? I've never heard it's, of it. Uh, it's, an, it's a game invented by Burt Baccarat. <laughs> You, you, have oh, to, you have to sing his songs while you're playing it. <laughs> um, I don't know what Baccarat is. I've never played it. Uh, but anyway, James Bond goes in, all guns blazing, balls out, and he's sure that he's going to win. And then he loses all his money in the first round. <laughs> so the CIA bail him out with more money, and he starts to win. So even though he failed immediately at the first hurdle and had to be bailed out, he now thinks he's the king shit of Fuck Mountain. He thinks he's King Dingaling. <laughs> so he doesn't even remember his initial loss. He's just thinking about banging Vesper Lind because he can't imagine a world in which any woman he passes in the street doesn't want to ride him like the Tower of Terror at Disneyland Paris. I never I never realised this when I was younger, but James Bond is just the world's biggest arsehole, isn't he? He's shit and he's a bad spy as well. <laughs> yeah. He never cool, gets the he? job done. Someone always have to. Yeah, everybody knows his name, <laughs> and <laughs> he always has to be bowed out by someone else. It's usually the Bond girl, although they're like misogynistic objects of sex in these films. They actually do most of the work for him. <laughs> anyway, after he wins the tournament, he's feeling like you know king of the world, and then he gets kidnapped and tortured by Le Chiffre, who wants his money back. So. How does this untouchable Lord of Espionage get There's a great scene in the film, isn't there, where um, he's sitting on a chair with no bottom, naked, and he's whipping him underneath. And he just laughs. He says, "Um, you'll die tickling my balls or something like that, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do love the Daniel Craig films. We watched all the Pierce Brosnan ones recently, and they're just so cheesy. Yeah. but I do like the Daniel Craig ones. So anyway, how does he get out of this situation? Is it with his immense skill that he's so sure that he has? Nope. It's just blind luck. Some assassins storm in, kill everyone, and leave him alive just because they weren't paid to kill him. That's it. They're just like, eh, you're not on the list, so we're not going to kill you. <laughs> so even that, he doesn't get out of that with his skill. But he's still just so confident. So what makes him so confident? What makes James Bond tick? Well... First of all, it's by putting himself above half of the population of the world by default. Here's a quote from Casino Royale. These blithering women who thought they could do a man's work. Why the hell couldn't they stay at home and mind their pots and pans and stick to their frocks and gossip and leave men's work to the men? So he automatically thinks he's above all the women in the world. So what about the rest? What about all the men that he thinks he's better than? It can't be because he's better at his job than all of them, because he, as we've just established, he's shit. So what the conclusion that I've come to is just that James Bond is completely deluded. <laughs> he's living in a world of his own. He thinks he's the world's ultimate lad, despite all evidence to the contrary. So what's my advice? Delude yourself. <laughs> Fake it till you make it. Just uh, be more Bond. But without the misogyny and losing all your money on card games. But the rest of it, just, you know, take Bond's advice and <laughs> convince yourself that you're the best bloke in the world. I, I don't not? know if it was you that told me this, but I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the whole reason John le Carre 
made George Smiley was just because he was very upset with how Bond portrayed the uh, Secret Services. Yeah, I think I've read that somewhere. So um, don't be misogynistic, but be deluded. It's <laughs> <is> my advice. <laughs> Another couple of suggestions that I had for you, Liam. You always got suggestions for Liam. Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> it's because... Um, We've been listening to Roy Orbison recently, and I didn't realise how many absolute tunes Roy Orbison wrote, but he had severe stage fright, and he wore dark sunglasses to overcome it. So the suggestion there is to wear dark sunglasses at the gym to hide behind and just get your confidence back. <laughs> While singing Pretty Woman. Yeah. Oh, what a tune. <laughs> Uh, but the other one, Liam, was <laughs> Survival by Muse, which is the, probably the worst suggestion of the thing. So that's a good one to wrap up with. Is um, <laughs> the 2012 Olympics song, which goes, Race, life's a race, and I'm going to win. Yes, I'm going to win. <laughs> and I'll light the fuse, and I'll never lose. <laughs> <laughs> so some of Matt, some of Matt Bellamy's greatest lyrics ever. It there. should be like the torch, not the fuse. But there's a wrong Yeah, that's true. I like the torch, um, and sit on the porch <laughs> <laughs> while my opponents get scorched. <laughs> yeah. Unless anyone wants to interrupt me with any other other wrap up points, I think that's all we've got time for for this episode. So. Listeners, check out the episode notes or agonyartpodcast.com to find links to all the media we mentioned and for a link to the Agony Art Spotify playlist, which is a place where you can find all the songs. If you have a problem you'd like us to attempt to solve, you can reach us on our group Instagram and Twitter accounts at Agony Art Podcast or on the submissions page on our website. I want to thank our resident Agony Uncles for their contributions. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Liam. You're thank welcome. You. And thank you Muchisima for listening. gracias. <laughs> oh yeah, because you um, <laughs> you, you came in with the Spanish, so you've got a yeah. <laughs> uh, and thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more problems to muddle our way through, and more entertainment for you to check out. See you later. Bye. Adios. But I'd suggest keep it light Cause their advice can't be shite And they won't be held liable Oh no, not at all Not here at Agony Art Agony Art Agony Art